I'll build the altar, Lord, to send the flame. I'll be the sacrifice unto your name. Come, Holy Fire, consume me now. That's been our prayer. Lord, in your presence, I make this vow. Nothing but you, Lord, do I desire. You're grown only and one desire. Wonderful. Thanks, Dave. And I believe God is holding back until like that thing David wrote this morning, Lord, I can't live another day without the fire of God. You need the fire of God to pray. You need the fire of God to see visions. You need the fire of God to recognize there's no help for us. I don't want to cry as I've done so long. Like David in Psalm 80, Oh, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, Lord, don't stay there. Come down here. We need God here. Does it matter if it breaks your heart today? You're going to have million, millenniums in eternity. There'll be no sorrow there. You can't patch up your prayer life when you get to the judgment seat. You can't sacrifice when you get to the judgment seat. You can't weep when you get to the judgment seat. It's all between here and there. This period we're in now is a dressing room for eternity. That's all it is. You see, when these songs were written, people were desperate for a move of God because society had come so bad and so far from God. People were lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They were people who were far away from God. And a move of God had been a distant thing of the past. Churches had begun to talk about what God used to do. Churches had begun to talk about how God used to save back in the old days. And there was a generation that raised up and said, let me tell you something. If he's still God, he can still do it. They said there's nothing wrong with God. He still desires to pour his spirit up on hungry people. The problem is, is we're not hungry anymore. And a generation rose up, Steve, and said, I'm hungry for something from God. And it doesn't have to come through my church denomination in order for me to accept it. It doesn't necessarily have to come the way I want it to come. I just want it to come. Oh God, a burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood bought gift today we claim. Send the fire today. Look down and see this waiting host and send the
make this verse apply to them, Lord, to make our weak hearts strong and brave, stand a fire, to live a dying world to save, Lord, set the fire.
Isn't that awesome? That a man with such a colossal intellect, but background, he said day by day, enlarge and fill my heart with boundless charity divine. I can't live in coldness anymore. I can't live in blindness anymore. I can't be indifferent to a dying world. Every preacher who has lost the fire, you should be on your face down here. You used to burn, but you got so busy with organizing. The fire has gone out. Come on. I believe God's going to breathe on us this morning. I believe you're going from this place. I believe you're going to have to say, I'm in the valley of decision. Take me past the outer courts. Through the holy place, past the brazen altar, Lord, I want to see your face. Pass me by the crowds of people and the priests who sing their praise. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, and it's only found one place. So take me in to the holy of holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take me in to the holy of holies. Take the cold, cleanse my lips. Take me past the outer courts Through the holy place Past the brazen altar Lord, I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people And the priests who sing their praise I hunger and thirst for your righteousness But it's only Here I am. 
soul winners who've ever lived to pray, give me souls or I die. What does it mean? It means you don't want to live unless you can see people saved. Lord, move on your church. Break our hearts with the things that break your heart. Shatter our indifference. Strip away our complacency. Lord, we receive your burden for a dying world. 
We receive your burden, O oh God, for this generation of young people. Give us America, Father. Give us our schools. Give us our schools where we got. what it's going to take, friends. People in agony. People whose hearts are bursting. I've never read a book about childbirth called How Much Fun It Is to Have a Baby. Jesus. There's pain, there's travail, but that's what it takes to produce life. That's what it takes to produce life. It's all right, just let the Holy Spirit move. Just let the Holy Spirit move. Jesus, souls, 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 Jesus, revive, oh, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, oh God, birth it in this generation, birth it in this generation. hears the cries the righteous cry out and the Lord hears the Lord Jesus himself in Hebrews 5 7 pray with loud crying and tears
called him in my God From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west
is going to happen and what is going to occur. But something is happening to me.
so in your presence we wouldn't die All of Israel saw the glory And it shines down through the age Now you call me to boldly Seek your face
The moment that that happened in the bar, a power was let loose in Barbas that shook the whole village. God stepped out. The Holy Spirit began to move among the people. God seemed to be everywhere. What was that? Revival? Revival? Not an evangelist? Not a special effort? Not anything at all organized on the basis of human endeavor? But an awareness of God that gripped the whole community. And as part of his research, he went to the Hebrides to actually uh, research the history of the Hebridean revival. And he finished up, amazingly, he, he, he booked in at a guest house, which was run by an elderly couple. And the guy who was the father of the house was actually one of the fathers of the revival. And so he found himself, without trying, sitting right at the feet of someone who could tell him a lot of information. And this guy said to him, you know, with tears in his eyes, he said, there's six of us who were like the fathers of the revival who are still alive. He said, we meet together occasionally when our wives are in bed. He said, we sit there and we talk about those days. And he said, we can't stop crying. And he said this. He said, the reason that the Hebridean revival failed because the leadership didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how to structure it. They didn't know how to prepare a wineskin for what God was doing and it faltered and it failed. And this old man got hold of my friend, who's probably about 30 years of age, grabbed him by the collar, looked at him in his eyes, his piercing eyes looking at him, he said, son, when you get it, whatever you do, don't let go of it.
triumph of this strange consciousness of God that had gripped the community. Oh, he knew the secrets. Oh, my dear people, listen, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And then I try to rebuke my soul because I have three little kids, I have my wife, and the ministry was not doing so bad. Why should I pray this way? And then again, the next day, I found myself praying the same thing. And I realized the Holy Spirit was putting a burden in my heart to see revival. John Knox used to say, Lord, give me Scotland or I'll die. And I pray that importation from the Holy Spirit will come to this room right now. That you will desire revival more than your own life. That you will desire to see this nation, entire nation, shaken under the power of God. More than to be alive, you will desire that. An awakening cry for a land in darkest night. And it calls you now to shed Oh, 
before revival broke out, friend, in this church. There was times I came down to this church and I would lay on the front row. Something deep inside of me was calling out to the deep of God. And I said, Lord, there's got to be more. I would walk these floors and I would cry out loud. I knew nobody was around and I knew nobody could hear. And I left my voice sometime till I would be hoarse and I'd say, God, there's more. There's got to be more. God, I'm dying inside. And I'd lay there sometime in a still quiet in a fetal position on that front row. And then I would hear the Lord say, keep going after me, son. You'll find me. be the kind of leaders who don't find the thing overtakes us but we have a godly stance we're prepared we're ready for when the bridegroom comes in that way we're not then going out to look for the oil we've got it For me, who caused his pain, 
familiar you are with the revival in Argentina there's such an outbreak of God there that there's some churches that have to have church 23 hours a day everybody talks about the revival in Argentina but I'm going to tell you how it was born it's an old man named Edward Miller he went to Argentina in 1950 said they were gripped with such intercession that they didn't know if they were going to live or die. But they didn't care as long as he was there. This went on day after day after day. Meals were forgotten. Sleep was just a necessity. 
them. They were so gripped. They repented, he said, until there was nothing left to repent, and still they felt to repent. And he coined a phrase, he called it vicarious repentance, where you're not just repenting for yourself, but you literally get under the load of sin that your city is carrying, and you begin to repent for the city. That's what Jesus told the women to do on the road to Calvary. He said, weep for yourselves. For Lord, we have turned away from you. We've failed you, Lord. We've disobeyed your word. We've disobeyed your commands. And Father, we throw ourselves on your mercy. And we say, have mercy on us, O Lord. Because we've failed you in things we've done and things we've left undone, Jesus. Because we want to please you. We want you to take all of us, Lord. Have mercy on me, my unfailing love. Have mercy on me, Redeemer. Please open my eyes, my soul now set free. Lord, I surrender.
Lord, would you have mercy on America? For her sins are great and they're many, Lord. For she has turned her back on you. Oh, spare her, Lord, the punishment that I know you have in store. And have mercy, oh Lord. Have mercy on the Lord. On the children that have been abandoned, Lord. Have mercy, Lord, on those that are fatherless. Oh, turn your eyes of favor upon them, oh Lord. God, heal their broken hearts. God, restore their spirits that have been broken. Bring back, Lord, their families. Bring back their families, oh Lord. Oh Lord, have mercy on the single moms. Have mercy, Lord. Oh God, they're feeling helpless and alone. Be with them right now, Jesus. Oh, show your compassion, Lord. Show your compassion, Lord. Show your compassion, Lord. Show your love, Jesus. On those that are in the hospitals, Lord Jesus, dying with AIDS, we pray, Lord, that your mercy would be stretched to them, Lord. Let your hand of mercy and healing, Lord, come into their room. That those that have, feel, have felt alone and abused all of their lives, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would raise them up as soldiers of yours. Oh, God. God, bring the healing. Bring the healing, Jesus. Bring the healing, Jesus. Bring the healing, Jesus. Because you're the restorer. God, you're the healer. God, you're the redeemer. You're the one who takes something that's worth nothing and breathes life into it and makes it worthwhile. Bring it, Lord. <laughs> oh, bring it, Lord. Restore me with joy from heaven.
111 something services we've been going here. And a lot of people looked on and thought, man, if we could get something like that going, wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, you know what? I don't know if it would or not. I tell you what I think would be wonderful. I think it'd be wonderful if the power of God would fall on our nation. I think it'd be wonderful if people at the 7-Eleven had to get up off the floor because they were trembling under the glory of God. The Bible says that the, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the face of the earth. But it's got to start somewhere. And what we're after is revival in the streets. I don't know if that lady's here that had that picture. Are, are you here? Yes. Can I have that for a second? You see, they showed me this this morning, and I tried to act real calm. But this picture's been bothering me all day. You can't see it, but it's a picture of kids. I, I don't know if they're out of this church or what church, but coming back from Brownsville. God fell in the van because they were broken. And they had such a move of the Spirit that they literally just pulled over in the parking lot of a gas station. And they're laying all over the ground. People don't dare touch it. They don't dare bother that. The, the, the gas station guy said he wasn't going to bother the big man. He didn't know any other way to refer to God. Policemen said it's all right. People that drove up to get gas get nervous. I'm telling you, there can be such a visitation until, until the man in the gas station says, what do I need to do? Until the policeman that drives up says, what do I need to do?
listen to what I'm going to tell you. Do you really want to affect this city? Do you want to affect your family, your friends, your school? I don't know if you understand how, how, how passionate I am. I long for the day that some high school teenager will bow their head in the lunchroom somewhere and pray over their food and God show up so strong that the presence of God walks into that lunchroom and people are converted and convicted and fall left and right, not out of blessing, but out of repentance. That's what I'm after. One of these days, we're going to get a call from a high school. They're going to say we got 2,750 students all over the grounds. to get to that point we have been racing to false finish lines it's not time to start coasting yet there's still some distance ahead of us let's press in toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and I don't know of anybody that had nobody has had what's available nobody has had what I think is coming and it's time that somebody just laid down the gauntlet and said God I'm after you over the last few days there has been a restlessness in my spirit I mentioned to pastor that I feel very unsettled I feel like the ground underneath me is shifting I feel as if something is about to change. Now the Lord knows I love change. I thrive on the unknown. I enjoy the uncertainties of life. I'm extremely uncomfortable when everything is cookie cutter predictable. When the earth begins to shift, when I hear roots being pulled up out of the ground, when I feel the wind on my face blowing in a new direction, I like that. Over the last several days, something has been stirring. 
I can't stop moving around. There is something on the horizon, something big. I can't touch it yet. I can't gaze upon it with my eyes, but I can feel it. It's there and it's moving closer. My spirit man is speaking loud and clear. He has overridden my carnal nature and is raising his voice. The first time I heard my spirit man was 22 years ago. He told me when I got saved that I was a child of God. My spirit bore witness with God's spirit that I was God's child. Now the spirit of the Lord is telling this child of God that something's up. The Lord would say to everyone in this place, live unsettled. The Lord would say to everyone in this place, live unsettled. Don't sink too deep into the soil of this earth. Keep your head up and your feet moving. Stay alert. Be sober. This morning early, the Lord spoke clearly these two words. I'm coming. The day of my return is at hand. Loose yourself. Loose yourself of any ties that bind. If you don't loose yourself, I'll help loose you. Prepare the way in your own heart and then help prepare the way in others. I want no obstacles. I will have no obstructions. I will return for a pilgrim people. He said to me, let the church know that the day is approaching. Warn them. Don't wine and dine them. Tell them clearly. Don't mix words. My word, my water is pure. Don't taint it. Make it clear. Let my people know it's about to happen. What is about to occur will change world history. Nothing will remain the same. Let the unbelievers, let the skeptics, let the religious ones know that what they fear the most is about to happen. I'm going to say that again. Nothing will remain the same. Let the unbelievers, let the skeptics, let the religious ones know that what they fear the most is about to happen. Every fear known to man will be swallowed by the terror of the day ahead. Fear will overcome fear. Dread will overcome dread. The violent will be overcome by the more violent. My final work is at hand. My spirit's wooing is about to seize. No one will grieve me anymore. No one will quench my spirit anymore. No one will resist me anymore. Their days are over. Let them know my warm season of grace and mercy will soon turn to a chilling winter of judgment and wrath. The warm days of my wooing will be exchanged for the fiery days of my vengeance. My pleading for the souls of man, the passionate cry of the faithful harvesters, the unselfish service of my holy servants, all their labor, all the charity, all the pain, all the suffering, it will be over. I have heard, says the Lord, the groans of nature. I have heard the midnight cries. My church has been begging my return. My bride has been longing to be with me. The plan of the ages has almost reached fruition. 
The tree has borne forth its fruit. The fertile soil has yielded the harvest. The planting will stop. The laborers will leave. The sickle will rust. It's almost over. I'm coming back. I will not delay my coming to you. So don't delay your coming to me. Jesus, we hear you. We hear you. When I say something right now to this group of people, everyone within the sound of my voice, if you knew what we knew about the rumblings out there, there's a rumbling, there's a, there's a rumbling across the world right now. We get the calls, we get the emails, we get the faxes of what's happening out there. It's at the infancy stage, it's at the very beginning. And you may marvel for what, two years, three years. That's incredible, friend, in God's sight. He is beginning something right now that's gonna culminate in his second coming. He's beginning something right now. He's getting his bride ready. And take a look at the church across the world. We're not anywhere close to being ready. This has got a sweep all over. It's got a sweep from coast to coast. It's got to sweep to Finland and Germany and Japan and Australia and Russia. It's got to go into South Africa, South America, into Central America. It's got to touch every continent in this world. Sounds of deliverance. And what he's saying to me and what he's saying to you this could go on and on. We all know that. But you need to live as if he's coming back tonight. Now, he's not coming back for a weak church. He's not coming back for a helpless church. He's not coming back for a stained, spotted, wretched church. He's not coming back for a church in adultery. He's coming back for a church that's anticipating. They're looking. They're anticipating his return. A bride that's looking up to heaven saying, Jesus, Maranatha, Maranatha, come back. Come back. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. All I want you, I don't want religion. I don't want another church. I don't want another congregation. I don't want another Bible. I don't want another wife. I don't want more kids. I want you, Lord. There's something in the deep part of me that's crying out. in the deep part of me that's crying out religion and the husk of religion has not satisfied my soul I want you Lord and the Lord says in that day when you seek me with all your heart you shall find me
floor. It's not about preaching. It's not about evangelizing. It's not about pastoring. It's not about buildings. It's not about money. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ. So praise Him. Praise For God is love, this King. 